So what we're going to do this morning is we are going to continue a teaching series that uh, I began at the start of this month, which, uh, which I called, It Goes Without Saying. It Goes Without Saying. There are some things that Jesus said that He assumed we would be doing. There are some things that Jesus actually never told us to do. But he guided us in the doing because he thought we would be. And we've been looking in the sixth chapter of Matthew's gospel where there are three things that Jesus speaks about. He speaks about when you give to the poor, when you pray, and when you fast. And over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at the topic of when you give to the poor. I did note last week that it's very significant that when Jesus wanted to explain to his disciples how to do some important things, the number one thing that he came to was when you give to the poor. First thing he spoke about was when you give to the poor. And then he talked about when you pray. And we're going to look at that today. And I hope a lot of you are going to find that helpful. And I hope a lot of you will find that freeing. The easiest way to make a church congregation uh, feel guilty is say, let's talk about how you pray. And God didn't bring us here to make us guilty. God brought us here to hear the truth. And you know what the truth does? Sets you free. Absolutely. The truth sets you free. And then next Sunday, which I think is very appropriate since we'll be doing cinnamon whatevers, cinnabons, cinnamon rolls, it's, it's very appropriate. Come early, eat your fill, and I'm going to preach on fasting. You can't make this stuff up, can you? <laughs> but there's a twist to what I want to say about fasting that brings it right into our grace care focus for this month. So let's read those verses in, in Matthew's gospel, particularly the ones that relate to what Jesus said about praying. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So, so here in Matthew 6, early stages of Jesus' public ministry, He comes to talk to His listeners about prayer and he doesn't say to them, you've got to pray, you should pray. Here's what he says, when you pray. He assumed that they would pray. So here's what we're going to do. I want to look at firstly what Jesus said about the when of prayer. The when of prayer. Now, let me just tell you this. Of all, of all the people that I have met in my life, I have never met a single one who thought that they were outstanding when it came to praying. I, re I really haven't. Everybody, no matter how long you've known the Lord, you know, everybody, it, you, you know, would tell you, well, I guess I could be better at praying. 
And if you're not in that category, it's absolutely wonderful. But you are. There's a <laughs> hey, Paul wrote half of the New Testament, right? He planted an incredible amount of new churches in New Testament times. He was an outstanding apostle who gave his life for his faith in Christ. And here's what he said at one time about how prayer affected him in Romans 8, 26. He said, the Holy Spirit helps us with our daily problems and in our praying, for we don't even know what we should pray for nor how to pray as we should. The Apostle Paul, St. Paul said, we don't know how to pray like we should. Good news, there's hope for you and me. We don't know how to pray like we should. In, in fact, if you look at the followers of Jesus in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1, it says this, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said, Master, teach us to pray. So Jesus' closest followers realized that they needed some help when it comes to praying. I'm going to say something about prayer now that some of you are going to find hard to swallow. And that's good, because if what I'm sharing makes you think, thinking's good. Here's the thing. Most preachers you have ever heard would advocate starting every day with a quote-unquote quiet time of reading the Bible and praying. Okay, you tracking with me so far? I would too. I'm a great believer in easing into the day, focusing on God, and easing out of the day, focusing on God. I would too. But I've been at this long enough to know and to be realistic and to say that for whatever reasons, for many, if not most, sincere believers, that doesn't happen. Okay, hear me out, all right? Don't go quiet, too quiet on me, right? <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not here today to harass you that that is what you should do. What I am here to do today is say, okay, let's start looking at prayer from where you are now, not from where you've always thought you should be. Let, let's take a look at today and going forward from today. And, and, and I don't want you to go through life feeling you're a failure uh, in God's sight because you don't do something that you think, you know, you ought to be doing. I, I want to look at where you are now and remind you of this. Prayer is a wonderful privilege that actually can transform any moment of the day. I'll say that again because that was good whether you think so or not, all right? I know good preaching when I hear it, all right? So, <laughs> prayer is a wonderful privilege that can transform many moments Amen. of any day. Amen. Many moments of any day. In 1 Thessalonians chapter, let me say this. It may be later in my notes, but I forget. So, so let me say it now so that I don't forget it. 
All right, one of the dangers, and don't get me wrong, I would advocate starting the day with God, okay? You, all right, so, so, so don't anybody get on my case here. I'm not diluting anything. I'm trying to be realistic and say, let's meet folks where they are. One of the dangers of the, the, the it, it's kind of, uh, you can get to a place where reading a bit of the Bible in the morning is almost like cleaning your teeth. Yep, done that, what's next? And you put that into a, one short segment. I didn't say don't read your Bible in the morning, did I? Right? And there are some wonderful Bible reading plans in that Bible app, the YouVersion app that Charlotte mentioned. I advocate it. But what I'm saying is this. It, doesn't, it shouldn't be. Our reading of the Word, our, 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 our prayer should not be just kind of, okay, that's done. What's next? Breakfast. Because here's what it says in, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. It says, pray continually. Pray continually. So prayer should not be one and done, but prayer should be a practice that we lean into over and over and over and over again. Pray continually. Let prayer be a natural part of your life and of your day. Don't let the habit of praying slip. Pray continually. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1 says this, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. The when of prayer is always. The when of prayer is continually. The when of prayer is whenever. That means anytime, in any place, in any situation. On your drive to work on a sunny day. You don't always have to close your eyes when you're praying, by the way. Yeah, especially if you're driving, all right? But, but on your way to work on a sunny day, you take in what's around you and you pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Or you pray a prayer. That sounds so religious, doesn't it? Yeah. You just tell God, it's like, you know, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this. Thank you for what I'm seeing. Thank you. Acknowledge God's the giver of all good things. Amen. You know, when you put the school on the, the kids on the bus in the morning for school, uh, you know, you, yeah, you pray like crazy, right? So, but, no, you, 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 pray, you pray for them. When you hear friends going through a tough time, you pray at that point. You pray then. The bigger decisions, the bigger issues of life, you're thinking about a career change, you're wondering about something totally different, you pray. When you're battling health issues yourself, you pray and you keep praying. If your marriage is going through a difficult time, you pray. You don't talk to others about it, you talk to God about it. I didn't say you don't talk to counselors, I mean you don't gossip about your partner, right? You talk to God about it. Ephesians 6.18 sums it up. Here's what it says. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Take a look at that verse, will you? On all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. When Jesus talked to his disciples about prayer, he started with this very simple phrase, when you pray, when you pray. And, and 
When do we pray? We pray whenever, or we can pray whenever. And I want to encourage you to enlarge, expand that practice. Praying at any time. Praying at all times. Talking to God on a frequent basis in the course of the day. Maybe every time you checked on Twitter, you could just use that as a little thing. Say, oh, I need to talk to God. Now I've looked at that nonsense, right? Right? It's, or, or, you know, have something that triggers you to remind you. And, and it doesn't have to be holy. It doesn't have to be flowery language. It doesn't have to be religious. But, but, but just talk to God. That's when Jesus said you should pray. It's not so much how much you pray, it's how you pray. Let's talk about the how of prayer. Back to Matthew 6, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. This is, we're starting with how not here, right? Don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand to pray, standing in synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others, truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So Jesus starts off by saying, by the way, let me tell you how not to pray. Don't pray like those guys do. And he, 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 he hits out at some of the seemingly most religious people that others probably looked at and thought, wow, I could never be like that. Because some of the deeply religious people were like, it's as if they were on their way to the synagogue or temple to pray, and it's like they were so desperate to pray, they, they couldn't even make it. So they stayed in the street and lifted their hands to God in prayer. And Jesus saw through it all. He said they're doing it there because they want everybody to know they're doing it. And to think they're really godly and really special and really wonderful. Jesus said, don't do that. Now, none of you is going to stand, well, feel free, but no, you know, most of you are not going to stand on a street corner and lift your hands to heaven and start praying out loud. I mean, if you want to, feel free, but, right? But most, most of us are not going to do that. But, but, you know, perhaps the 21st century equivalent that, of that is, um, is prefacing something you say by, when I was praying today… I spent several hours praying about this. Or, or of course they say, well, I'll need to pray about this. That means I don't want to do it actually, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to tell you to your face, right? <laughs> that's, that's what that one means. Um, I remember when I, when I was a teenager, um, I had a wonderful pastor. He really was a great encouragement. My parents weren't believers when I came to know the Lord. I was a you know, and I can remember when I was about 14 years old, there was one thing I desperately wanted to do, and that was this. In our church, the first Friday of every month, we had an all-night prayer meeting, and I wanted to go to the all-night prayer meeting. And uh, I asked my mother several times, she said, no, 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 you need to be home, I need to know where you are, da, 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 da. And, and then finally there came the day, we said, if you really want to go, you go. So I go to this all-night prayer meeting. We start 10 o'clock on Friday night, and the pastor mentions a few things to pray about, and, and then we're, we're praying, and 
there's quite a bunch of people there. Some are praying openly or else we're quietly praying or, or else we're just struggling to stay awake. And, and, and then about midnight, we take a break for tea and biscuits. That's cookies to you but, because we're English. And so we take a break at midnight for tea and biscuits and most of the people go home. And I'm like, oh, I thought we came for an all-night prayer meeting. And so the pastor said to me, are, are you going to be staying? I said, yeah, I'm staying. So we do some more praying till about two o'clock in the morning, tea and biscuits, very civilized. And, and we have our tea and biscuits, and then a couple more people drift off. And, and come the last session between four and six, there's about three of us there with our pastor. And we pray till around six in the morning, and that's about it. Head home and sleep. And then on Sunday, I'm talking to some of my friends from youth group, and I said to them, oh, Friday night was great. What were you doing? I was at the all-night prayer meeting. You were? Yeah, I was at the all-night prayer meeting. And they were staggered. And I couldn't wait to tell everybody who would hear that Sunday that I'd done the all-night prayer meeting on Friday night. <laughs> and that, folks, is a modern version of the hypocrites standing on street corners wanting to get praise for what they've done. And Jesus... Now, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how sin can creep into the most holy of things. So there I was praying, but actually what came out of that was, was kind of a pride that I wanted to put on display for everybody else. And Jesus said, if that's you with prayer, you've got your reward. Don't pray that way. Don't pray so that everybody knows you're praying. Don't pray and tell everybody else about it. Just pray. Because bottom line, prayer is between us and God, right? There's another thing Jesus said about praying as well. He said, don't pray like the religious people, right? Then he said, don't pray like the ungodly. Verse 7, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. The second pitfall to avoid is thinking that the efficacy of our prayers depends on their length or their quality. I've heard so many people over the years who've said to me, I'm not really very good at praying. It's like, what does that mean? Well, I never know what to say. It's like, can I tell you a secret? When we pray, our words are significant, but God knows us deeper than our words. And God knows the heart that is behind the words that we are trying to put together. And God sees and reads and hears our hearts. So it's not a question of, well, you, you know, uh, how long should I pray? How much prayer should I need? Say this prayer 20 times. I'm just, I'm not getting anybody, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. Let me tell you something. When, when Jesus was crucified, as many of you know, when Jesus was crucified, there, there, there were criminals who were crucified either side of him, right? One of them mocked Jesus, and the other prayed a nine-word prayer. Lord, remember me when you come to your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Nine words worked. 
I'm worth, don't get me wrong, sometimes I'll pray for a way longer period of time. But what I'm saying is this, don't get into the idea that, you know, I've got to pray more to make things happen. I've got to pray longer so that, so that it comes about. Because the reality is this, God sees our hearts and will hear the cry of our hearts too. The Bible doesn't focus on how often or how long we pray, simply on when we pray. And here's what it says, James chapter 5, verse 16. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It's where our hearts are at that matter. Prayer is powerful and effective. So that's how you don't pray. Don't pray like the religious people for public applause. Don't pray like the pagans, just repetitious babbling. So how do you pray? Verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, Jesus says, just close yourself off with God. Now, just giving you a warning, this is this, at least the second thing today is going to tick some people off. I, I saw the movie, The War Room, and I loved it. I found it very challenging indeed. But it wasn't based on a true story, and most people are not going to have a literal war room. I've got a recliner. All right. Now, you may call me just a lazy half excuse for a Christian, and feel free. God loves me. Right? But I've got a recliner. That's my main place where I pray. See, if prayer is something that the Bible says we should constantly do and can do at all times, we need to recognize that that's something we can do in all kinds of places as well. And the principle that Jesus is enlarging on here is just this, when you do pray, just shut yourself off from everybody else. Now, that's why it's good sometimes to close your eyes, you know, because when you pray with your eyes closed, you, 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 you're not thinking about and you're not seeing and you can focus on what you're doing. You're giving God your full attention, shutting out other people, shutting out your fears, shutting out the emotion that's connected with the challenge that you want to talk to God about. So, so, but when you pray, Jesus says, just kind of close the door. Close the door of your mind and your thoughts and focus in on God. There's a very simple three-step process here. Pause, breathe, pray. Take a step back mentally, emotionally into this prayer room, which is available wherever you are and then talk to your Father who sees you there. Pray to your Father. Here, by the way, is the heart of prayer. You're praying to your Father. Remember Jesus went on in Matthew 5, uh, 6, and he said this, this then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
And he came on to give us the prayer or the pattern of, a pattern of prayer that he shared with his disciples, which starts with this. Here's how you pray. Our Father in heaven. The father-child relationship is what Jesus came to bring us into. Our Father. Prayer is a brief chat or an extended conversation or a time to sit and listen to your dad. There, there's, there's a phrase that's used just a couple of times in the New Testament, and with some translations, it's translated this, Abba, Father, and it's describing God there, Abba, Father. And the word Abba, very simply translated and most truly translated is Daddy. Daddy, Father. Daddy, Father. That's not disrespectful. That's embracing the relationship that we have with God. Daddy, Father. Not a distant figure that we need to impress with our words, but our Father that we can share our hearts with. Daddy, Father. Daddy, Father. Romans 8.15 translates it this way. It says, the resurrection life you receive from God is adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? What's next? The how of prayer is just close out the world. Focus on your Father. Say what you need to say and share what you need to share. And don't forget, sometimes pause and ask him if there's anything he wants to say to you too. And then let's just look at the what of prayer. What happens when we pray? So Jesus said this, John, uh, Matthew 6 and verse 6. He said, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, the Father will reward you. Hey, does that mean that when I pray, God's compelled to give me whatever I ask for? No, He's not. He loves us too much. Because some of the stuff we ask for in the moment might be something that did us great damage if He actually did that for us. Now, hey, you all know this. God always answers prayer. There are three standard answers. Yes, no, wait. Yeah, you hate the wait, don't you? I do too. But those are the three standard answers. Yes, no, wait. Sometimes God will immediately answer our prayers. Sometimes that answer is not going to come because Father knows best. And sometimes that answer is going to come but it's not going to come just exactly when we think it should. It'll come when God knows that the time is right. But, but there's more that happens when we pray. There, there, is the, the, there is the reward in the moment. Psalm 55 and verse 22 puts it this way. Cast your cares on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. You know that saying, a problem shared is a problem halved? 
And one of the advantages of prayer is simply this. When you cast your cares on the Lord, you feel as if you've lost the load because He will sustain us. You feel more at peace because He will never let the righteous be shaken. When you share with the Lord and when you talk to the Lord and when you ask the Lord for His help and for His intervention, then that actually you know, transforms where you're at very often, emotionally, where your thoughts are at, where your mind is going. Issues can multiply when we keep them to ourselves and they live inside our heads. But when you talk to the Lord about things, He takes the load. Psalm 34, verse 6, this poor man cried to the Lord, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all his troubles. doesn't say he took his troubles away, does it? Right. Now, our first prayer is, Lord, take this problem away, right? Hello, you with me? Right? Or, or, or it's, Lord, fix this problem, and please do it right now, right? That's our first prayer. But the fact is, very often, God doesn't fix the problem as we're looking for him to fix it. But what God does do is he gives us the strength, he gives us the grace, and he gives us the faith to keep going through the problem until we've come out the other side. A lot of you have discovered that, haven't you? So often that's what God does. Jesus doesn't always calm the storm, but he brings us through the storm to the other side. That's the story. When we cry to the Lord, He hears us. So let me just wrap this up. Here, here in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus very simply is saying, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray, you can pray whenever. You should pray whenever. You should pray frequently. You should pray often. You can pray whenever you want to, whenever you need to pray. Make conversation with God a regular part of everyday life. And don't get religious about it. Don't do it for others to see. Do it for you. And don't think you've got to be impressing God with praying. You don't. Listen. Work this one out if you can. God's impressed with us already. He loves us tremendously the way we are. But when we pray, we just separate ourselves from everything else in a moment. We focus our attention on our Father, and we talk to our Father who hears and who will meet with us when he hears our prayer. Oh, I just want to encourage you, make praying a part of your life and not a duty that you feel you need to perform. Praying constantly, praying always, praying at all times. Because when Jesus died, the channel between us and God was opened up completely. You don't need a middle person 
don't need anybody to pray for us. We don't need anybody to go near to God because we can't. Jesus opened the way to the Father for us. And prayer is the privilege of every follower of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together.